It's Sunday, February 7th, 2016, and you're listening to episode 34 of Roll Up and Die. That's my that's my <laughs> laugh laugh. I sound like someone pulled a string on the back of me and it's rewinding itself back in. <laughs> the, the, the little Joker voice box laugh. <laughs> Just goes on and on. That's really good. That reminds me of Jurassic Park. <laughs> Ah, 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 you didn't say the magic word. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Dude, I don't care what anybody says. That's Samuel L. Jackson's most badass character in any movie ever. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> so how was your guys' Thanksgiving? Uh, Alex, <clears throat> you start. It was good. I uh, We spent it with some, some neighbors that... Uh, Invited us over, so um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, didn't I don't have any uh, I don't have any relatives that I see now, so I have no one to fight with on the holidays. So that's nice. It's nice. You you Matt? Uh, so well, it was my first Thanksgiving being married. Um, so <laughs> having that in the consideration, it was actually pretty good. We we broke up the the two family Thanksgiving thing without too much mm-hmm. hassle on our parts and without exploding yeah. from overconsumption. And uh, <laughs> food was great. There was only one political argument at the table, and other oh. than that, things were good. Nice. Yeah. Which is that's a pr- that's pretty good as far as awesome. my family goes. So like getting away with one political art and it wasn't even really an argument it was one of those like someone said something and the rest of the table lapsed into uncomfortable silence it was like huh. oh, no one grandpa. wants to talk about that so. yeah. that's when everyone sips their drink they yeah. just get a little wide-eyed and then they just reach for their glass and yep. they plug their mouth and i i reach down and i pull out my phone oh i just i got a text I got a text I have to respond to. <laughs> it says Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. I gotta tell him Happy I Thanksgiving. Gotta, I gotta respond to this right I, yeah, now. It's, yeah, it's, it's work. I, uh, <laughs> it's but, work. But, but but tell me, man, are things really that different from when, you know, from before you were married to after being no, married? No, uh, it, things are very similar because the thing is, is my my wife and I lived together for like <clears throat> yeah, almost I mean, two yeah. year, almost two years before we yeah. got married, and so but now it's almost like. <clears throat> It's not a. It's not something on our end. It's something mm-hmm. on everyone else's end. Where it's like, oh, well, oh, you guys are married now. I get you. So you have to do the Thanksgiving thing as a team, you know. And so, yeah. uh, you know, normally, I have two Thanksgivings to go to on Thanksgiving Day because my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family celebrate separately. It's it's better mm-hmm. that way. Trust me. And um, usually, I go to both. But this year, we managed to be like, well but we have to go to Tila's parents so we're not going to go to both sides of the family. Yeah. So I think we're I think we're probably going to switch off which will be nice. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. That's a so good point really though. not that different. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's kind of a good point though. It, it has less to do with the two people involved especially these days where you often live together beforehand. Right. And uh, uh but and more to do with the family and uh it, this is kind of unusual but it's uh, my wife my wife's uh, parents um whenever we go to visit them down in New Jersey up from, you know, Maine, down from Maine, right. and they, before we were married, 
we couldn't sleep in the same room together. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but and, once you got married, yeah, you did then, it. With... Then, then it was fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, then they gave you the soundproof room at the end of the hall with no, the windows we... blacked out. They were just like, go crazy. Do <laughs> they showed you, you what she looked like. It was just insane. <laughs> she took off the burka. No, uh, but we. <laughs> <laughs> you got Matt. Uh, Matt was eating a friggin' but actually, no, a we, bite but, of a burger and almost I, died. I, I was, but I we was. did sleep on the boat once. They they, they, they the have boat. they have this little harbor in the at the back you of their house with a sinner. I know, right? Um, so that that was pretty cool. Right on. What about you, Barker? So uh, my Thanksgiving was pretty good. We went and hung out with Heather's dad, which is what we usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody, so we, we live in <clears throat> in the Albuquerque area. <clears throat> And Holly Holm, the boxer slash now UFC champion, mm-hmm. is from Albuquerque. Oh, right. And let me tell you that people in Albuquerque <clears throat> no longer need to own cable or get cable <laughs> because all they do is rewatch the fight between Holly Holm <laughs> and Ronda Rousey. Right. And usually we spend Thanksgiving watching football, hanging out, talking. They watch that fight four times. What? And yeah. And that's I know, and that's how I learned that watching a UFC fight the first time is all right, but it gets progressively more difficult to watch and more cringeworthy to watch these <laughs> yeah. people get the shit kicked out of them. Right. By the fourth time, it's like you know what I think we should go. I've seen enough blood on Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know I can imagine that. it's like let, let's give thanks. Let's watch two women beat the shit out of each other four yeah. times. It's like it's, and people are still cheering. It's like they're watching Titanic for the fifth time, saying "Turn, turn, please go." <laughs> Don't hit the iceberg. <laughs> be, I was be, hoping they wouldn't hit it this to time. To be fair to the people of Albuquerque, though, their only claim to fame be, before that was Bugs Bunny, who always seems to take wrong turns there. That's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so many people here don't even know that, and it's like, <laughs> are you I kidding grew up with me? That shit, man. It's like, Dude, Albuquerque has Bugs. Uh, New Mexico has Bugs Bunny. Yeah. We have Roswell Aliens, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. We have uh, Crystal Meth. And we yeah, and we have Holly Holm, and our yeah, it's we're not known by many things that are great. Like you know, uh, I think we're last, (laughs) one of the last in the country in education. That just reminds me of the uh, Pawnee, the fictional town from Parks and Recreation. Their slogan is first in friendship, fifth in obesity. Or what was it? It was like first in friendship. (laughs) Second in obesity or something like that. <laughs> I've got to look that up. Yeah. That's awesome. Fourth, first in friendship, fourth in obesity. Fourth in obesity, that's right, yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> but yeah, after that, uh, we went to hang out with my grandfather, which is always interesting because uh, my family's interesting, uh, my New Mexico side of the family. And uh, But it was good. It was neat. There weren't very many people there. We just kind of hung out. I learned that my grandfather, like I always knew he was a... Uh, a pilot in the Navy in World mm-hmm. War II. He was a tail gunner right. in the Pacific. Uh, but I never knew that he actually owned planes uh, oh. before I was born. And he flew, like, his kids, my aunt and sister and uh, everywhere. Like, they flew to Disneyland. And so we're just sitting there, and I'm learning how badass my grandfather is. <laughs> and it's like, how have I never heard this shit before? Like, what else do I not know? Right, yeah. Know? yeah. So, yeah, that, that was, it was, it was fun. It was like a neat family get together. Uh, and I learned a lot about my family, which was really nice. cool. That's awesome. Did you have any awkward discussions about uh, politics or religion? Always. All 
ways. And, and you know what? They're not even fun because I have a sister that's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> law is fun when you don't have a lawyer in the discussion. Because then they jump in and they're like, actually, uh, and then they um, just actually, recite. Yeah. Yeah. Here's why everything you're said might be good on an episode of Law and Order. But here's why it's actually not right. And it's like, oh, God, we're just um, trying to have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring awkward facts into this. Yeah, this is bullshit. Jeez. Fishing for a segue. Anyone want to try this? Well, I threw uh, one out there. I, f- I threw one out there, actually. What? Did, do you know did what I it miss it again? Yeah. What I, did you I, say? I, I said, so did you have any awkward discussions about politics and religion? Government oh. and religion. Uh, anyway, oh. it, was, it was it was it was it was weak. I knew it was weak. Oh, but I, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's okay. You want? Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I feel uh, like that was that was sixty percent your fault, forty percent our fault, Alex. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, for I'll, not, I'll, for I'll not that. getting that segue. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll own that one. Uh, but yes, welcome to Roll Up and Die, your theocratic RPG po- podcast. And uh, my name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And today we are talking about theocracies for this Around the Town. Uh, last time we did, uh, wow, I can't remember. What did we do last time? We, we did government uh, nobility. Nobility. Yes. We were talking yeah. about nobility. And today we're talking about theocracies. theocracies. Uh, so so before, what, one of the mistakes that I personally made last time was um, I didn't really ask exactly what we were talking about with regards to nobility. So before we kick it off, I think we should go around and make a cliche theocratic mm-hmm. government just to kind of figure out what it is we're talking about and to talk about uh, what a bad one might be. Okay. That and sounds I have, good to me. Good. I have my dice today and I'm going to use a D12. Because Matt set that bandwagon rolling <laughs> yeah, last Yeah, the Sweet. D12, baby! All right, so that would be... What do you, what usually, it's usually me, Matt, Alex. That's Alex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess a, a, a stereotypical theocracy um, would be that um, you have this, this uh, empire dominated by uh, the church. And this... this uh, uh, I mean, we can we can actually look the history to find these things, but you know, uh, but basically, you you, ha- you have the, you have this uh, this grand church where the the head of it is um, not just the leader of it, but is actually sort of a, uh, is seen as a demigod in his own right, right. and so he, uh, um, you know, the things he says are are law, and of course, um, as as these things tend to go, it is a uh, uh, it's it's very much a dictatorship where, um, you know, he he constantly hears the, you know, new orders from his from his deity in his head, and so uh, which uh, oddly enough correspond to his own personal inclinations, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he uh, um, uh, he's sort of this uh, this tyrant um, mm-hmm. who uses the the church to dominate the people. Right. Nice. Yeah, I think that. Knocked it out of the park. Um, and uh, that's me, so I'm going to actually just double up on that one. That's a really good sure. one, Alex. I'd say that that's, uh, that's what I think. I think of a, a, a leader that's unwavering. He's right. just, he's a dick. You're going to talk to him. If you're not part of his religion, and even if you are, he's kind of a jerk because only he knows how it's going down, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, he's just completely unwavering. He is, you know, persuasion checks. Intimidation checks—they don't work on this guy. <laughs> and 
that's Matt. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll echo what Alex said, and also just kind of put forward that I don't, I can't think off the top of my head of a theocracy in fiction uh, that is like benevolent. Like I, I yeah. can't think of a theocracy that is doing good in the world. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, when you see a theocracy <clears throat> in a book or a movie or a TV show, they are doing just that they're using religion yeah. as a weapon as a way to oppress and rule and so i think for me this podcast is going to be cool because i think we'll we're going to talk about how do you mm. make a theocracy that isn't just like snidely whiplash twirling his mustache like <laughs> yeah. you know like like an actual yeah. like middle of the road theocracy <clears throat> that isn't shiny knights in armor but also isn't you know the 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 sparrows from game of thrones you know yeah. Yes, absolutely. One of my favorite examples of that sort of theocratic rule was uh, one of my favorite movies, which was uh, uh, Lady Hawk. Do you guys remember that one? No. I love Lady Hawk. Yeah. Rutger so Hauer, come on. Yeah, I know. It's one of my favorites. But the the whole point is that there's this bishop who is a who's a, the, that classic tyrant, and and he 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 fell in love with a woman. Which he's not supposed to do, naughty, naughty, and uh, of course she shunned him because she was in love with the captain of the guards, and he and he curses them. Um, he makes a pact with the devil and curses them both, and right. and, and that's the the sort of basis for the whole thing. And it, it's it's a fantastic movie, and I um, I, I particularly like uh, um, Matthew Broderick's character, who you know he's very young, and of course when this when this movie right. came out, uh, he's called uh, Mouse, and and uh, the first the first scene is just classic when he's when he's escaping through this little tiny tunnel that, that he's managed to squeeze through to get out of the castle. Yeah, I love it's that. Awesome. I love that, man. Awesome. But yeah, that, that, that's a great example of that sort of tyrannical theocracy. Right. You know. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've never seen Lady Hawk, but I, you know, I, I feel like that's always been the problem with theocracies in role-playing games with me because, like, you know, there are some things, like, when I think of like hauntings, we talked about hauntings. When I think of hauntings, I think of a bunch of different things, like uh, different ways to go about it. Yeah. When I think of taverns, oh my gosh, automatically I'm thinking of, you know, five different types of taverns, like where, mm. you know, how to make this interesting. When I think of a theocracy, it's it's always the same. It's always yeah. the one thing. And I don't think, like Matt, you said, there's not a lot to go by in, you know, current media Right. Uh, yeah. th there, there aren't very many examples of a theocracy that's not just scapegoated as the bad guy yeah. or as crazy zealots. Right. Well, I, th I think the big difference is obviously in 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 uh, uh, in, in most cases, um, you know, religion is, is has to be taken on faith. Whereas in a your typical fantasy world like D and D, uh, like Forgotten Realms, I mean, the gods are real, tangible things that you can prove. You know, there's yeah, no yeah. doubt that they exist. You yeah. know, there's 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 not a matter of, um, uh, you know, mine is yeah. the only true one and yours isn't. They're yeah, well, I just real. brought a guy back to life with my right, guy. Right. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're, 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 they're both. You know, uh, the D and D world is a world of miracles, so that all these things exist. So there's no, mm -hmm. there's little or no doubt that these things exist, and so that that by by that very nature kind of create is going to create a different dynamic than, say, <clears throat> you know, setting something in our world. You know, you're not going to have the same sort of, you know, uh, mine's real, no, mine's real, you know, and, and they right. start having, going to war about it. It's not, yeah. not going to be based on what, whose is real or not. Now, there can still be conflict based on, you know, 
fighting between the gods themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really yeah. It, so that's I think kind of, that's, I think that's where you kind of need to to in a in a fantasy D anD D world, kind of you need to take it more in that direction. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think sure. it comes down to uh, like the you know the differing alignments of the gods, their mm. methods, their ultimate goals. Like that's where the the conflict is going to come from. Not so much yeah. the oh my god is real. It's more like no, my god is the best god. Like my the mm-hmm. my god clearly knows the best way to go about doing things. So yeah, you know, and also if you're you know if we have a god that's you know very very industrial, just mm-hmm. about uh, progressive. Uh, growth and technology and you have another god that's more natural world Mm -hmm. those gods and the people that worship those gods are going to be at odds with each other not only because the gods are at odds with each other but because your city is growing into my forest because this is what you believe so um i think really a cool way i think that would be a cool way to kind of play around with something like that now let me ask you guys a question. What about <clears throat> what about a, a like non monotheistic, but the mm. idea that you know, because in a, in a in a D&D style world, normally you acknowledge the existence of other gods. It's not, yeah. you know, it, it, like we were saying, it's not like a my god is real, yours is not. So it's like even if you worship Ilmater, you still know that mm-hmm. Tyr exists, you know? And yeah. so how how would you do a theocracy that was not monotheistic but that had that that polytheism that that pantheon of oh, gods yeah. i would probably take inspiration from ancient greece yeah that's what mm, i was yeah. thinking yeah like, you know because people you know that. they you know believe in these gods <clears throat> you know in when one god but they might you know uh petition to poseidon when they're on the seas you know, right yeah to, to not die in a massive tidal wave or something like that so um you know just and i i love that idea of characters sometimes even praying to other gods yeah yeah you know, different not... gods for different purposes yeah yeah but but bring it back to, to to kind of the government which is kind of what we're we're focusing on it to have a government run by a particular theocracy a particular either a pantheon or a particular god um that's going to be obviously very different because mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have the official state god let's say you know right. and they may allow and tolerate other gods in their place maybe they have a a specific list of approved (laughs) gods that are their friends because i think um because the 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 gods are very real tangible things in these other realms uh i think the mortal politics have to follow the immortal politics if you know what i'm saying you know in other words if 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 this if this god is fighting against this god then their people are going to be fighting against each other if these people have an alliance, then they're going to, then then the, then the mortals aren't aren't going to be allowed to fight each other because their god made an alliance with this other yeah. god, and so right. now they're not allowed to fight these other people. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think you know the um, uh, whatever the yeah, it, you don't have to just make it so. Well, you know, this government believes one god, and that's the one god, and that's right. it. But you know, at the same time, you know, you, I love that what you just said. You know, your politics will serve your god's politics right always yeah it, it really has to because um it let's say you have a theocracy and you decide i'm going to persecute this other religion well you're not just persecuting these people because their deity is is likely to get really really pissed off about that and so you you know you could start a war you know in 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 uh uh, in the outer plains, that uh, is going to cause some serious problems. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I was going to say something uh, in response to exactly that, and I just forgot it. But like the, yeah, it's, oops. <laughs> oops. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll think of it. That's I'll, right. So what are, like, what are some examples in your guys' game of a, of a theocracy? Like, what, what has made them different from the, the traditional evil, tyrannical theocracy that we were talking about <laughs> earlier? I only have one theocracy in my world, and unfortunately, it 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 is it is basically tyrannical because um, uh, they they're the ones who are sort of opposed to all other gods, and so mm. they they I had a hard time understanding how you know in in the, in that sort of um, multi theistic world you could form a um, you know, a theocracy, right, you know, yeah. I mean, you could have little small theocracies. In other words, you could have a city built around a temple and everyone who lives in the city, just, you know, happens to be a worshiper of that particular God or pantheon, you know, that, that kind of thing. But, but, a, but like a larger, uh, a group, like a kingdom or an empire or something like that, mm-hmm. it, uh, it would have to have more, you know, a, a stronger force driving it. And so, uh, these are, you know, the people of this, <clears throat> Um, religion are, are very xenophobic. They want to, you know, wipe out, wipe out all, all, all their gods and magic. And so, mm-hmm. um, for them, it was this, uh, you know, our god is the greatest, and and you know, you must all bow before us, kind of thing. Right. Uh, mine are shitty. Theocracies. <laughs> <laughs> They're really bad. Um, I I just do it so terribly because I get in this realism funk where I start to say, well, you know yeah. what, maybe. Maybe these people, they worship this God, but they're going to kind of twist his words so they can, mm-hmm. you know, get natural resources or, you know, invade <laughs> this other territory or something like that. Yeah. When in reality, you know, you can't really do that. Like, they're, right. the God is real, and that's too realistic for a and d game, in my opinion, you yeah, know, unless yeah. you've homebrewed the hell out of your setting, which <clears throat> I've sort of had to do because mm-hmm. my theocracies are shitty. So, <laughs> but, and and that brings me to this idea that the most difficult part of making a theocracy or, you know, actually religion and games in general is the middle ground. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult to put gods, real gods into your world without making the game be all about those gods because Mm -hmm. they're freaking gods. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, the, the way to retreat out of that is to say, okay, well, you know, we'll just say there are none. You know, or we'll just say what I've done is say, okay, the gods have kind of retreated a little bit and they 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 embody their power in certain people. Right. And that's kind of where I've gone with it is, you know, the clerics of the world, the paladins of the world, some wizards and sorcerers of the world have been given this ability, uh, warlocks, uh, by, you know, beings from the outer planes Mm. and uh, in order to do their will, which I don't know if I like it too much, but that's the only thing I really know how to do. I, I tend to lean on that too, Barker. That's how I usually handle gods in, in my world too. And so as a result, my you know the idea of a theocracy has sort of suffered. Yeah. But just recently, I've started stepping out of my comfort zone. And then like in the most recent episode of The Provokers, like uh, Juice's character, Braswick, met Ilmater. Like he, he, like Ilmater appeared as an old man and was talking yeah. to him. You know, and then mm-hmm. later on, you guys walked into uh, theocracy, and it was a small village that 
basically, uh, you know, gave up any sort of mayor or governor and decided to follow instead this temple mm. because the priest of this temple had essentially saved them like 10 years before uh, during this terrible raid from the nearby centaurs. And so they're basically like, this priest is pretty awesome. He pretty much saved us. So we're going to follow him instead. And that, I mean, that was definitely outside of my comfort zone as a game master because I, I was saying the exist like the gods are actively taking roles mm. in what is happening in the world and that opens up a gigantic can of worms and yeah. the best thing that has helped me with that is just saying you know what though like the gods work in mysterious ways and even a theocracy <laughs> wouldn't necessarily understand what the gods yeah. were doing or why they were doing it or how much power they're able to even you know spend on the material plane so just because mm. ill Mater appears to brasswick as an old man who needs help doesn't necessarily mean that Ilmater's walking around like, what can I take care of today? You know, what? Hey, yep. what's going on over here? I'm going to go fix that. You know what I mean? Yeah. A yeah. little Susie wants a bicycle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. On my way. <laughs> Let me just kill the big bad evil guy for you real quick, and then I'll be on my way. And to get you that well, skateboard. Well my, well, my, <laughs> well, my thought of it is that, um, again, like well, like you said, the gods are mysterious. Even by those who who are the clerics of these deities, their 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 knowledge is going to be somewhat limited as well because they they have to, by their nature, communicate only through avatars and uh, intermediates. You know, they can't. You know, to 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 actually speak directly to a god is 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 a. Uh, it can be a dis- destructive experience, you know. Right. I am so, the Metatron. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but my thought is that um, in 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 uh, at least in my pantheons is that there's a there's there's sort of a balance that's struck between all of them, and they all have their own, you know, like I said, the, the higher politics, if you will, going on, so that you know they all agree to not interfere, and none of them will violate that because of kind of a mutually assured destruction. If 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 any of them violate it, there's going to be, you know, a war in the heavens, literally. So they, mm-hmm. they, they, they've all agreed that, you know, good and evil, because none of them want what they have to break down. Now they have rules they they can that they can uh, uh, that they can sort of, uh, you know, kind of find loopholes to get through. Mm-hmm. You know, I, right. I can help out this person under these circumstances, or I can, um, you know. Divine, divinely intervene in, the, in, the, in under these circumstances, but they still have limitations based on this sort of agreement between the gods, and we may not know what those are, but they exist. Right. Yeah. I, I think um, you know the the biggest thing I liked about Matt your theocracy is that I walked mm-hmm. in there thinking, oh, here we go. Let's right. keep your hands on your swords, bastards. Like, it's time. <laughs> right. And, and then we got in there, and this guy was, like, nice. And it was, yeah. Like, yeah, I was expecting him to be marching dice around the city going, shame. Bong. Shame. Shame. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God. But, no, it was, it, was really, it was really neat. And so I think, you know, when you're – feel free to not get locked in to something mm. that you're so yeah. used to seeing, you know? Right. Um. So what, like, what political positions that, what, you know, if we're looking at a regular government, you have governors, mm-hmm. mayors, you know, uh, even the king, what political positions would be altered by turning your standard fantasy government, like feudal government, into a theocracy? Like, what would be added, subtracted, changed? 
Well, you'd probably have, I mean, I imagine most theocracies have the the one guy. And like Alex was mentioning earlier, it's, mm. you, you know, sometimes they are seen as a demigod or that they have like a direct, you know, phone line <laughs> to the god. You know, where yeah. you can go, hey, what's up, god? I was just calling to, you know, check in about today. So he that just would be changed like his a, mind. We can drink yeah. Pepsi now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, that would be like a, a priest or an archpriest, you know, somebody who's you know, the big man on campus, so mm. to speak. But you could also do something like a council of priests who rule, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, who are all, you know, who are all divinely touched or whatever. But I mean, you could you could go all kinds of different directions with it. Yeah. And and you could have a king who uh, must follow the uh, the advice of his high priest, that sort of right. thing. Right. Mm. You know, it could be sort of a, a puppet regime. Who's a mm-hmm. symbol or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, you you could do something where like, oh, the king is like commander in chief, like he controls the right. armies, but the real power lies with the priesthood. And you could do something cool <clears> like <throat> the priesthood declares martial law and like takes power from the king and now controls the armies too. And it's like, oh mm. shit, you know, like that yeah. that would be kind of a cool thing too. Yeah, I think the hard part is figuring out how to have like like uh, like you guys were saying a benign. Um, a benign theocracy, right? You know, benign, benevolent, <clears throat> like a good, good guy yeah. theocracy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. cool. Well, yeah, e- I, e- either either not harmful or actually nice. Oh, <laughs> either one. Yeah. <laughs> Until this moment, <clears throat> I thought b- benign meant stagnant. Uh, no, it, ju- it just mean it just means harmless. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it's neutral. Yeah. I can't wait to make one. I, I keep almost being like, let's make one right now. Let's make the idea they can steal. Because <laughs> I want to steal it. I want to steal it. I want to use it. Well, for, like with a benevolent theocracy, like thinking about urbanine bene- uh, uh, theocracy, like thinking about not necessarily what iron grip could the theocracy have on the populace, but more like what mm. do they give them? What do they add to this town? What good things do they do? Maybe... You know, maybe you end up in a theocracy, a town that's ruled by the church, and the church every other day hands out food to the poor. You know, Mm -hmm. like they just come by with a cart and just hand out bread and stew to the poor and feed everyone, you know, or hand out, you know, clothes or something. Or maybe they refuse to turn someone away. Maybe someone who needs help will always find help in this particular town or this city, wherever this theocracy is located. Or, you know, like you were saying, Barker, about the theocracy that the provokers ended up in, make the guy in charge a nice guy. Like, don't mm-hmm. have him not be devious and scheming. Yeah. Just have him be like, hey, what's up? Like, you guys need help? Here's, you know, here's some water. Go ahead and take a bath. I'll, you know, I whatever you guys need, let me know. You know, just make him a nice person. And that's the yeah. easiest way to make the theocracy mm. instantly seem, you know, not yeah. devious. Mm-hmm. I'd probably. Well, f- oh, go ahead, Alex. I was going to say the theocracy is 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 going to have to reflect the deity, you know. If, yeah. So if you if you have a good deity, it it's likely going to be a good theocracy because, um, even if you get you know some 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 asshole who decides you know I'm going to use this theocracy for my own power, because all all of the higher priests are going to have a direct pipeline to their deity, you know they. There's all kinds of divination spells and, and communication spells where they can ask yes or no questions even. Just say, you know, is he really, you know, did you really say that to him? No. Right. Oh, crap. You know, and then they know he's <laughs> lying. You know, so it, it's a lot harder to put one over on everyone when, you know, a lot of people have 
access to the deity. You know, if if you're a godhead, you know, if if you're like uh, uh, someone who says that they are uh, only I'm receiving, you know, the direct line to the to to, to God, then right. they they can make up any crazy shit they want, and you go, well, okay, I guess he's I guess he's right. Yeah. But if but if so many people have access <laughs> to it, even even lower level clerics, then it's a lot harder to to, to impose that sort of you know to to deviate I should say from the the deity's uh, uh, you know acceptable range of behavior I guess right yeah uh, you know I I would probably give and this is something I do with a lot of NPCs <clears throat> is uh, and well first off about the NPC I would <laughs> I would embody the theocracy inside of one NPC. I would really kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, this is this NPC will be the way that the players and the characters learn about this government, this theocracy. And so I would give that NPC one principle that they really stand by that like one thing that they believe and that they will always do. And when that thing mm-hmm. is opposed, that's when they'll get defensive. Yeah, so right. that one principle <clears throat> might be uh, we'll never turn anyone away. Mm-hmm. And so when someone says, you can't, you can't let this person in, you have to turn them away because they just got done like murdering 10 people in the next village mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that bishop, that high priest or whatever is going to say, no, we, we can't, we have to let them in. This is part of what we believe. This is what we embody. And so picking that one principle, this person uh, wants to feed everybody. Uh, this person believes in zero war, zero weapons, mm-hmm. or they believe in total war. Uh, maybe they believe in never turning anyone away. Maybe they believe in, uh, you know, other other things, whether they're, you know, benevolent or malevolent. And use that as a gauge to tell what the theocracy as a whole is going to do, what choices they're going to make, and when and where they will decide to fight. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I think... I'm I'm I've been really trying to puzzle about this because I'm I'm having a hard time uh, coming up with a, a good way to have a theocracy in a in a world like this. And I think th- there's a couple ways. One would be like like you were saying, Barker, to kind of homebrew your own pantheon and have it set up that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe you have uh, a head god that is pure neutral. You know, um, he's maybe he's the creator god who created everything, including the other gods. And he just kind of sits back, and and uh, he has this this sort of theocratic capital, and mm-hmm. all the temples are sort of represented within it, that sort of thing. So you can right. have that sort of you know theocracy. Um, like an, an, another thing would be to have the landscape of your world reflect the pantheon in the outer, you know, uh, the outer planes, you know, kind of an as above, so below, you know, mentality. So right. Uh, you could have all these different empires that are all each each one representing a different deity, and they're all kind of always at odds. And you could always have this kind of central capital city where they're all sort of welcome, kind of a neutral ground kind of set up. Mm-hmm. So th- those are things that I've been sort of coming up with as we've been talking. Nice, I, I like all those. That's really yeah. awesome. I I just took a gander over at the questions that are have been asked on our Facebook page, and mm. we have four questions that are tied for the top number. <laughs> oh. oh dear! So, and I, you know, I'm just taking a look because you know we're we're obviously answering questions now. Mm. We're discussing this, and you know, I've actually one of them, um, you know, how how to make theocracy a good not cliche villain, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of what we're talking about now. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, villainous theocracies are good, too. I mean, I think that, you know, it's all about it's not about avoiding the tropes. Matt, you say this quite a bit. It's all about using the tropes and but making them seem new again, putting a new spin. Exactly. Like uh, having something be a trope is a tool that you can use. It's a it's a something that you can exploit like because the players will be expecting one thing and you can hit them with something a little different so yeah, yeah it, don't, it draws don't, attention yeah exactly don't like don't avoid tropes just because they're tropes just you know make them your own well in a D world any any theocracy is going to be bad to someone of an opposing god's alignment right you know in a, so you know if you're if you, if you worship a lawful good deity and you go into a you know, a chaotic evil kingdom, you know, that's going to be a bad place and vice versa. So, um, so much of it depends on, um, how you've set up your pantheons and how you've set up your, your God structures. Mm -hmm. Right. A lot of the, uh, you know, video games, uh, computer Mm -hmm. games that I play, I love grand strategy games, uh, games that are either turn-based or, you press play and they move slowly, but you can fast forward them if you want, you know, but they're like empire building. Uh, there are some sci-fi games out there that have, and they all have like a theoc- theocratic race. They're, mm-hmm. they, every single game has one race that's <clears> like, <throat> we're spreading the word and that's it. Yeah. And, th- you know, they're all, you know, very, I don't want to say they're bad guys, but you look at them and you're like, there's something wrong with this. Like, you know, the, the way they're going about, you know, kind of spreading the word and I feel like if you take that, that, that thing that we're so familiar with, and you add in something, just a completely different spin off of it, uh, I, I think you can have fun with that 10 times over just by changing the spin. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, uh, you have a question, Matt. Yeah. I mean, I figure we, you know, we'll go through the questions just a Wait, little I bit have, I have a question? You have a question. It's a question that's directed, directed toward you. Oh. I was it, like, I don't have a question prepared. It's, <laughs> <laughs> right now. No, it, it's uh, it's directed toward you, and it's actually very strange, and I don't know what your answer is going to be. Okay. Uh, but it says, uh, Bruno C. says, I have a question more specific to Matt. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know why this is. Okay, anyway. Some months back, I found a fan-made D&D module based on Magic the Gathering's Innistrad block. Okay. If one would build an adventure inside the plane of Ravnica, do you mm-hmm. think Orzhov could fit into this category, and how exactly? <laughs> oh, okay. That's okay. awesome. I know what he. Okay, so he's asking. He's asking me because I I play a lot of uh, uh, magic, Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a set called Ravnica that is a it's a planet sized city, um, that is controlled by guilds. And Orzov is one of the guilds, and they're like a religious fanatic guild, basically. Um, So they're called the Orzov Syndicate, basically. Um, And uh, uh, they're kind of religious, but they also are obsessed with wealth. Um, So their whole thing is like, uh, you know, gold is power, basically. But uh, they kind of front as a... Uh, theocracy to a certain extent and um, so I I definitely think that they would fit into the theocracy but it would be more of a something kind of parading as a theocracy because in reality they're they're all about 
you know, their cartels and gold and having as much money as possible uh, mm-hmm. rather than venerating gods. Yeah, the, the, you know, yeah. The, the mob, you know, all the, all the biggest members of the mob <laughs> have crucifixes around their necks kind of thing, you know? Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, and uh, I know that, you know, I'm not super up on uh, the guild stuff, but I know that they do practice a religion that is based around gold and wealth, but I can't remember, like, the specifics mm. of it. Yeah. Nice. Matt, you you gave advice in one of your videos on a fistful of dice a while back, which is um, it was like looking for inspiration, and you opened up a pack of magic cards. Yeah, and mm. like I used to sell magic cards, and I used to play, and I stopped at what I um, Kamigawa was where I yeah. stopped playing because you know I just <laughs> didn't hang out with the people that that played anymore. Right, but I never realized until I saw that video, and the people listening, you should totally do this. Just look at magic cards when you're looking for inspiration. Just look mm. at the art, look at the yeah. flavor text, and don't go in with an idea of what you want to do already. Just start from scratch, open up a pack, or just look at a card and be like, this is going to be my plot, this is going to be my theocracy, yeah. my tavern, whatever. And, oh man, that just... I, I bought a box of magic cards, just a box of packs, solely so I could open them and, for inspiration for d d Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the art is so just gorgeous and varied yeah. and every single set is set in a different place. And so they're all very different, very different looking and can <clears throat> suit all sorts of games and flavors and genres and things like that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that question was for me. Okay. Awesome. That was a good question. That was, yeah. that was a lot less inappropriate than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question specifically to Matt. I was mm. like, Oh God, <laughs> oh, here we go. Boxes. <laughs> it's going to be the, the unrated <laughs> roll up and die podcast. <laughs> um, actually, I mean, do you guys want me to keep going with these questions? You guys can jump yeah, in at um, any point. And no, let's yeah, let's do more questions. Yeah, do, feel do, like, do another one. All right, so um, it's actually the same person. He says, "Edit now a more generic question: uh, How can someone make religious leaders have more impact in several types of RPGs?" In medieval slash magic ish settings, it looks to me like that it's more easy to make someone rule over. Mm. Uh, the name of some god than, for example, in a hardcore science fiction setting. And how can someone create that in a science fiction setting without being the cliche of desperate people following some guide that they believe is a saint sent by some god? Mm. So basically the cliche in any setting. Right. Is, yeah. Um, would you guys change anything for a sci-fi setting? Well, I, I mean, a great example is, is the Necromongers from the, uh, the Riddick uh, mm-hmm. universe. Um, I mean that, that nice. that's a, that's a that's a huge theocracy, and it's all based on on uh, oh, what was that place they they uh, they wanted to get to? Uh, um, crap, I don't remember the name of it. New Jersey. Uh, no, it Alba, was, Albuquerque. It, Albuquerque. Yeah. Albuquerque. No, they, they took, took a wrong they took, turn. They took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. I can't uh, remember I the name of it either, Alex. Uh, I lost it. But anyway, the point is that they that they had this this uh, this place that they that they revered as this. Uh, uh, their version of of heaven, I guess you, you'd think of it as. But yeah, the Necromongers were a, a great example of a sci-fi theocracy where you could um, people feared them. They had this this religious zealotry that drove them on, and they were pretty much dedicated to exterminate exterminating anyone who hmm. didn't didn't buy into their faith. Right. Oh, the Underverse. I just Underverse. Looked it up. That was it. Yeah. 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 
Also known as New Jersey, actually. And <laughs> common mistranslation. Uh, yeah, we just lost all our Jersey viewers. Sorry. Oh, they know what they're in. They know the score. No one lives in New Jersey and is like, you know, I'm cool with the fact that all these toll roads get put up and they never get taken down even after we repaid the shit that we needed the toll road for. Sorry. <laughs> That was a little specific. <laughs> Focus. Um, what about other sci-fi stuff? What do you think? Hmm. Uh, any? I mean, Necromongers is good. Mm. Um, what about uh, in Battlestar Galactica? They have uh, Gaius at one point oh, has yeah. a religious cult oh, yeah. underneath him. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah. He has yeah. the hottest religious cult ever. I know. <laughs> Just hang out, well, Gaius, do yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> oh, oh, another great example was in uh, the uh, Stargate SG-1. Do you guys, do you guys ever watch that series? Uh, yeah, uh, I watched little the first bit, yeah. season. Yeah, they had, uh, what was it called? The Ori. Uh, oh, that was, that was right. toward the end of the I, series. I watched they the had, first season a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, toward the end of the series, they they had this this uh, this religious group called the Ori, and uh, and yeah, they they were basically conquering worlds, you know, converting them to their way to their religion, and if they didn't, they would destroy them. Yeah. So, wow. right. Uh, the Ori was another another good one. How about I'll, I'll throw one out there that uh, a lot of people might be surprised to hear, but how about the Jedi? Yeah. If yeah. Talk, I mean, that's not necessarily. I mean, well. And I wouldn't they, say that's they, a they theocracy, stayed, they, but well, they stated overtly in in uh, in uh, New Hope. You know, he says, uh, you know, there aren't many. Oh, what, what, what did he say to Vader? Um, Kling, uh, what was I forget the the exact he quote. Said, uh, some, something yeah. about you know you, you clinging to this old, old yeah religion, clinging to your yeah. old religion yeah yeah, yeah. old ways. Don't threaten so, us with your sorceress. Don't try to scare us with your sorceress ways or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. my Schwartz is bigger than yours. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's. <laughs> No, but that's it. I mean, I would say that's a great example because the Jedi, they follow a a strict, you know, code of edicts and they, uh, you know, essentially you could argue worship the force and allow it to, you know, fuel them. And there was a time when they was, and you could say the Sith, if you're into the expanded expanded universe, uh, were actually in control of their own government. Right. Yeah. The Sith Empire. Yeah. And the Mm -hmm. old Republic did have a lot of Jedi influence. Yeah. So, and you could say that, you know, uh, Palpatine's, you know, uh, Empire. sort of, yeah, well, and, and him sort of uh, putting forward that the Jedi were trying to rebel, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. his idea was that the Jedi were trying to create their own theocracy and overthrow the Senate and yeah. take control. And so that would, that was his sort of way of gaining power and control yeah. would be that, you know, the idea or the fear of a Jedi theocracy. Well, and in place, of course, he created the Sith theocracy. So, you know. right, yeah, exactly, yeah. Which is interesting because that's another example of a theocracy—a theocracy that doesn't look like a theocracy. Yeah, it just looks like an empire. It looks like a big government, just imperial, feudal in a in a lot of ways. But at the very core of it, this thing's a Sith theocracy, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. kind of rad. Yeah. I, that's really cool. So yeah, the, theocracy that is not a theocracy. It the doesn't invi- look like one the of the invisible circus. theocracy. Yeah. The invisible theocracy. That's the idea you can steal yeah. from Star Wars. Um, <laughs> not from us, because that's not. Our no, no, no. God. Um, okay, so many. Ga- oh, this is Jacob N from uh, Mini Terrain Domain. Mm-hmm. Uh, many games have a broad and diverse pantheon that supports the full spectrum of alignments. 
Oh, that's going to be a good one. When designing a theocratic government, how do you choose whether to focus on one, some, or all deities? Should towns be monotheistic or multi-theistic? And there's actually another question right below it that is almost the same, but it says, mm-hmm. how can you effectively use monotheism in, game, in a game of fantasy while not making it seem like a carbon copy of Middle Ages and Reformation Europe? Hmm. Monotheistic theocracies in D&D. Well, we kind of we kind of talked about that a little bit where you know, if you're going to go monotheistic, it can't necessarily be our god is real and yours isn't or our yeah. god is the one true god, but more moreover like our god is best for us or our god yeah. is the most powerful or knows best or whatever. Right. I think if you're interested in going the route of, you know, our god is the real god, I would give that religion to a group of people who are sort of off the map. Right. Um yeah. maybe uh, in the woods, <clears throat> druids, you know, um, uh, wood elves, things like that, who might not have much contact with mm. the quote unquote modern world. Yeah. Uh, and give them that ability to, to say, no, 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 all that shit's fake. This is yeah. the real thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, well, in my world, the, the Taknor Empire, they're, they're, they're essentially monotheistic. And they they evolved in sort of this, this isolated... Um, uh, geographically isolated area, and so they uh, they became xenophobic of of all other races, and magic was was evil, and it um, it's never it, it was never made clear to those on the outside if their god was a real god or not. You know, right, n- yeah. none of them had ever, had ever heard of him, and uh, uh, although the Taknor acknowledged these other gods' existence, they were. Uh, they just basically called them just demons, you know. They, they oh, were cool. they were all demonic figures, and so needed to be destroyed. And their way of doing that was to destroy all the followers, because without the followers, the gods are powerless. Right. Yeah. Awesome, dude. That yeah, that's a. Uh, I I you know again, I love these episodes because I learn as much as I think the listeners do. It's just yeah, me too. fun inspiration to to jump into. So. Um, let's pretend like we know everything, though, at this point, and make an idea that they can steal. Sounds good. I'm going to put on my doctor <clears throat> smock. <laughs> you doctor uh, for smocks? To, to, to break format a bit, I do have a pretty, I do have a, a, a start if, uh, if you want to Oh, sure. That, dude, no problem. Usually when I roll your name, you just give us the entire idea that they can steal anyway. <laughs> and then we're just like, what do you got? Well, I, I think he has red hair. That's usually what we add to it. What? The small parts. <laughs> so, yeah, you lost me there for a second. Okay. Um, no, I, I, I was thinking, be, uh, in order to have, you have this theocracy, and it's this, this large kingdom or a city-state, and the, the group that runs it is very mysterious. They, have, uh, they worship a god known, uh, known, as, known simply as the blind god. And that's all they refer to him as is the blind god, and what makes him mysterious is that the, the all the all these priests um, are blinded. They're they're blinded at uh, at a very young age when they when they enter this priesthood, and so their eyes are so you know are are, are removed and and their and their eyes are sewn shut, and uh, and yet they seem to be able to perceive everything around them more than the average person, and they say they have powers like a cleric does. And yet, no other clerics or religious figures or even the gods seem to know the god that they worship. They mm-hmm. have no idea. Even the, even the gods themselves cannot see the blind god. 
So that 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 was my thought on it. That's cool. That's it. That reminds me of the uh, uh, the blind man and the elephant type of parable um, yeah. from uh, the kind of Indus River Valley area, where yeah. you know you have three three blind you know wise men, quote unquote, trying to describe an elephant and then you know they're all touching different parts of the elephant and describing it differently and that would lead me to think that you know that's definitely going to result in a schism between the these you know uh, these uh, these leaders uh in this faith in that they're all they they're all blind so they all believe something looks a certain way uh when in fact they're all a little bit right and mm-hmm. all very wrong and and start fighting each other about it right but but even the gods themselves fear this this uh, this group, which is why they allow them to establish this sort of city state, because the gods know that these people have power, and it's some sort of divine power, but they they don't know where it's coming from. So right. It's a, uh, it, it it actually scares them. It's about the only thing that's 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 actually scared these gods in you know since creation. Nice. Do you want to keep running with that, or do you want to <clears throat> make a new one? I, it's up to you guys. If you want, if you guys want to have something you can add to it, or if you want to come up with something new, that's cool. I think that's baller shit. But I'll roll. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's uh, awesome. Uh, Matt, that's you. Uh, my only idea that I would maybe add to that is the idea that this <clears throat> this thing that the gods fear so much, and, and maybe they don't even realize this, is maybe it's a a god or a godlike entity that they exiled or banished or thought to have destroyed like millennia mm. ago. That is returned you know and is seeking vengeance against them nice yeah i like that maybe in sending it out they 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 didn't they maybe they didn't even know where out was but they they sent it out and when it was out there it gained a new power that they had no idea about yeah i like that that's cool that's awesome Mm. i i would say um uh the name of the faith is the vision Mm -hmm. and uh the people uh, uh a baptism oh, nice. in the vision is actually uh a fairly horrific site uh in which um one would basically they would uh, maybe these people are renowned as just swift warriors and swordsmen which is very ironic in a way but mm-hmm. they're just very good at it um the people in this theocracy and their baptism is when they purposely uh you know put their faces into this device that would remove their eyes Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. Or, you know, gouge them out in some way. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, it's awesome. Which, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Well, dang, Skippy, there's your idea you can steal, <laughs> and I'm going to steal it right now. Stolen. <laughs> He's <laughs> running away with it. Stop him. <laughs> I'm going. See you later, guys. Bye. <laughs> uh, but, yes, awesome. This was a cool podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and listening to this episode of Roll Up and Die, your visionary RPG podcast. I'm on nice. point today, man. You, you are, dude. To... You're killing it with the oh, – yeah. Yeah, I only have like nine things that I want to edit out in this episode, so <laughs> doing it big. Uh, uh, yes, thank you very much for joining us in Roll Up and Die. You can check us out on Facebook.com slash Roll Up and Die. We do a post once a week there on Monday or Tuesday. Read your questions. It's pretty awesome. So uh, thanks for joining us. My name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And we'll talk to you all later. Uh, stay classy and blah Godspeed Uh, in that order this show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016 
It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on DriveThruRPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form, as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming. 